Well, thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. This week, we are going to dive into a topic called remnant that we've talked about a number of times in different places. And if you're thinking, man, I would love to learn more about some of the sermons that are being preached or other podcasts and things that are happening, parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app is where to find it. There's moments where I think I need a few more seconds of that, and there's other moments where I think I need a few less seconds of that. Do you ever have those moments? Yeah, yeah. Part of me just gets grooving and just <laughs> wants to stay there. Another part of me is like, hey, I've got things to say. Let's, it, yeah, let's, get, let's weird, get this going. It's this weird already not yet situation. <laughs> we got going on. So we, did, we said we were going to talk about remnant. You know, we talked about it in the sermon. I, I, I will admit on the podcast, at least preaching it here at, at Freeport, because um, I preached at First Baptist the week before, and then I'm going to preach in Bago in a couple of weeks, uh, the same sermon. I kept looking at the clock and wishing I had another hour or two to expound this concept. And, and, and that's different from other sermons, how? <laughs> there are very few, but there are those ones where I'm kind of like, I'm just glad that we're going to get through this in 30 minutes and we're going to be done. <laughs> but you're right. I'm I'm a nerd, and I like expounding on things. But I think with Remnant, the key that I really, I thought I I wanted to to press into, and this is where we're going to kind of go today, is the Remnant are the people who are left over after God's judgment has passed, whatever that looks like. So, like I said, whether it's clearing the land or whether it's, you know, the Israelites dealing with God's judgment against them, the Remnant are those who are left over. Even to the sense of after Jesus dies on the cross and rises from the grave, the Remnant are those who are left after God's judgment has been bestowed. You know, So this Remnant then has a responsibility to preach the message of whatever God wants to do. And so there's really two elements of that that I want to dig into with you. And the first of those two elements is the Remnant has to have a, a mind toward eternal things, right? Yeah. So... We are maybe even less prepared on this topic than we typically are, but we both have a lot in our heart about this because we've both talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks. So if I were going to throw that in your court, now we're going to say, all right, the remnant needs to think eternally. What jumps in your mind first? Well, I think how to get to an eternal mindset, I think we got to go back and we've got to value what we now experience less in other words, when we love the temporal or when we love what we're the immediate, hmm. it's hard to live in that mindset of eternity or that which is that which goes beyond. So call it a contentedness in the moment versus a discontentedness or a holy discontentedness. Yeah. And I think a lot of the remnant certainly had a wholly discontentedness with the things that they saw that were wrong, especially when we had a, a godly remnant, right? Not just right. the leftovers, but ones who were leaders, who were ones who were just aching for what was not and what should have been. 
and what is to come. And what is to come. Yeah, That's yeah. that eternal mindset. Yeah. yeah. Just, just yesterday, I had one of those special privileges, and, and that's what they are, uh, to, to go and, and read scripture with someone and pray with someone and just talk with someone who is very near to the end of her life. Right. Godly, godly woman, surrounded by her family. And for her, there's nothing really to think about other than that eternal mindset, right? Body's failing, you know, can't do what you used to do. It's a, it's a labor to talk. It's, you know, life as you know it or knew it is coming to an end rapidly. And you have right. that, that mindset. But that brings me back to even, you know, your Ecclesiastes message is just mm-hmm. reminding us that we need to look at this life now as vapor. Yeah. You're a mist that appears and vanishes and, and get that mindset of fixing my eyes on, on that which is above and pressing forward to it. And that's, that's always been my life verse and, Keeping that in mind, you know, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. When that remains my focus, I'm far less willing to get content or mesmerized or too in love with what is now or what is around me. Right. Because my goal then switches toward that which is around me. If I can gather enough things or achieve enough things in this life, in this moment, then I'm no longer thinking about what is the ultimate thing. And that eternal mindset, uh, we've got to have it. Otherwise, we're not as eager to share our faith. Right. Because we don't think about the fact that eternity awaits. (laughs) And... It's it's of eternal and utmost importance for those who have not heard to hear, and so yeah, to me that that's that that's that mindset of what are, what are what is our eyes fixed on? And honestly, it can be hard. I know I'm chattering on here, but it can be hard to live well now if we can't figure out the balance between our eyes fixed on eternity and and functioning well today. And I, I don't know if I buy into that so heavenly minded, you're yeah. no, you're no earthly good. I don't know if I buy into that. Um, but there is that sense of, yeah, I can't just be so content that I'm going home and then things are right with me for eternity that I forget there's real need around me right now. Right. But I let that eternal perspective then drive what I'm doing today. I, yeah, I've often thought about that saying, and it's funny that you'd bring it up because that was floating in my head the whole time you were talking. It's just, how do we deal with that phrase? And I think if you're truly heavenly minded, you can't help but desire to either, I don't want to say bring heaven down because that's not really our full responsibility. Do you know what I'm saying? I think some of us believe that we're honestly making this world a better place all the time and it's going to be roses someday and everything's going to be great. You know, that's more the, if we're going to get deep theological, that's more the amillennial view or maybe the post-millennial view that, you know, we're, we're on a linear course and we're moving towards something great, which completely denies the rest of history where it has not been linear. It's been fits and spurts and, 
you know, there's moments where the Roman Empire is coming to be Christian and everything's great, and then all of a sudden it collapses, and then you get into the Dark Ages. But even in the Dark Ages, there were a lot of really good things happening. It, it wasn't as dark as everybody thinks it was. You, you have some of the greatest missionary movements of all time happening during that. You've got St. Patrick going to the Celts and some other places, and you've got these beautiful things happening, and then, you know, you've got moving into Renaissance uh, and, uh, you know, all the beauty that goes along with that, the beautiful art and the things that were heavenly focused, right? Think about Sistine chapels and these massive cathedrals and those kind of things. And you're like, all right, that's a movement coming out of the dark ages into something else. Uh, And then we've, we've really been struggling for the last couple hundred years, just the church dealing with modernity and humans sometimes being treated just like they're, they're nothing, right? You work in a factory, you go work 80 hours a week and, and I'll pay you nothing, but we'll, we'll make this little widget and sell it to everybody and I'll make a ton of money, but you won't. So the Christians pushed back on that and created, helped create 40 hour work weeks, helped end slavery, you know, things like that. And you go, okay, so there's the beauty of being heavenly minded means we do impact this planet in some way. And we are trying to aim it towards something, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, none of us really believe that we're going to bring heaven to this earth. It's, I just don't think it's possible but being completely heavenly minded makes us very compassionate toward the things of this earth. Almost, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I look at my neighbors and I just think, man, I wish they knew Jesus because they would enjoy this all so much more. Yeah. yeah. Do you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like if they knew Jesus, they would understand that every conversation matters, that everything that they do matters. And when I think about a remnant, that's really the mindset that I see in the remnant is whether we're talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are really the remnant of, of Israel in the time frame that we're talking about right now in, you know, we're moving toward exile in our storyline. You know, the Bible, yeah. as we've walked through the Bible theologically throughout the whole year, we're kind of ending with the end of the Jewish project or the end of the Israelite project, so to speak. And then what's beautiful is out of that project is going to spawn this whole new concept, this beautiful idea yeah. It's not the end of what was, but it's a new infusion of what was into something better and beautiful and, and that kind of thing. And that we'll get to that later down the road, you know, when we get to talk about Galatians and stuff like that. But in the middle of that, I'm going, here's this group of people who have been exiled. They're, they're dealing with, with pain and agony. You know, I read from Zechariah. They're on their way back to the land. You know, you're about to preach Daniel. Uh, there's this whole thing going on. And you, you look at it all and you go, oh, man, this, these people, they have their minds set on things above and it informs how they're living here, but they're not holding so tightly to here that they're not thinking of, of, a, of there, of heaven. Yep. And yep. I think that's what you're saying is the remnant thinking eternally. And I could, you know, think of Colossians 3, 1 there, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. even uh, Hebrews 12, Jesus keeping his eyes focused on the prize that's to come. And so he runs the race marked out for him. And so then you and I are supposed to do the same. Our, our prize is not here, yeah. but it doesn't mean we can't enjoy here but our eyes must always be focused to the next. So that sometimes informs our, our it should, our, our politics and what matters. It should inform the way that we handle our family, the way that we deal with our, our spouse, the way that we handle our kids. And that's what Paul's talking about in the, the household order passages. Mm-hmm. And really the idea here is as a, it, we're less Americans and more Christians. Not that we don't love America and we, right. we don't love what we've got here. Um, but if America went disappeared, it wouldn't change who I am ultimately. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's right. And so there's this weird thing, and I think we're in the middle of this shift right now as a, as a Christian faith, where we sometimes are getting caught up in the, the temper, right? Where we might be concerned more about 
I hear the word rights being thrown around all the time. Like our, our rights mm-hmm. matter. Of course they do. Freedom. Yep. Freedom. Of course it matters. And, but what are we fighting for? And is that more here or are we focused completely on him? Yeah. And that's defining us. And so that's kind of where that's the eternal aspect. And I'm going, I, I don't know what to do with that. And I don't know. I'm still trying to find words even to how to show our people what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree because it, that's where if we're temporary-minded, then our battles are all on the periphery of that which really isn't eternal and doesn't matter. And when you think about the exiles and you think about those who were in, in points of struggle, in those moments, God shows himself powerfully. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you referenced Daniel and and. God was with them in a foreign land under a foreign king and, and, a, and a pagan king. And, and so much about their kingdom was so wrong from a, a Hebrew-Jewish biblical perspective, a law perspective. But here God is showing himself in some really cool ways, mm-hmm. whether it's exceeding in wisdom or, or just excelling above their peers, answered prayers and, you know, all the way to pulled from a firing fiery furnace and sitting with a bunch of big kitties for the night, you know, um, <laughs> and living to tell about it. Right. So cool. Um, and if everything is okay, if you're in your homeland and things are smooth and you can worship freely, like so much of us, so many of us can, obviously in this country, you don't quite get to see God's power in the same way mm-hmm. show up. Um, so there's a beauty within that remnant uh, struggle. There's a beauty within that keeping an eternal mindset, even if it costs you something. Right. Uh, and it does. I think it does cost. There's there's a there's a now cost to an eternal mindset. Right. And that that can take many forms, and I won't expand on that. But you know, are we willing to do that? Right. To keep that our eyes on the prize. Well, if you think about the things that we covered in Zechariah, focusing on the truth, not bearing false witness, making good judgments, being peacemakers, that costs us in today's world. Yeah, it does. Because sure. there's an element of everything is so charged in every in every facet of my life right now. You know, even if I said, I think I like the bears this year, that that just receives a ton of backlash. You know, like yeah. I like I, oh, they're great. You know, I always I, a risky I, statement. It's also not true, but. Um, so I, I got to speak truth, not that. But you, there's this element of no matter what you say, it's going to inflame people to something. Mm-hmm. And for us to say simple things like the the sanctity of human life is important, that the sexual ethic God is aiming humanity toward is important, mm-hmm. and understanding that we have a culture that probably isn't going to agree with any of that at this point. Yeah, the senator, congressman, or whatever in Texas who say, com- likens that to the Taliban now. It's crazy. Yeah, pro-life is equal to Taliban, according to that. And we want to be true. We want to speak truth. But in a culture that doesn't love moral norms or, or moral foundation. Or re- rewrites them. Sure. And so then we go, well, then, and this is, the, this is the mistake that we get into, and this is kind of the second part of what we're talking about, is we need to be ready for whatever's next. And I don't know that we are. We're... We're so focused on the temporal, we're not thinking about eternity, that we, we get caught up in the, the day-to-day and we miss 
being prepared for whatever's next. And I'll, I'll expand that in just a second. But as I, I get ready to say that, I'm just, I'm looking at things and I'm saying, we're either shying away from just speaking truth or we're mixing truth in with some other ends for us to accomplish that truth rather than eternity. And that's what I get frustrated with is we, we think this party or this party is actually going to accomplish God's purposes here on this planet or this country, if we could just get back in good graces with them, or if we could do this, or if we could honor these people or these people, we would, everything would be great. And we're missing really the, the ultimate aim is God is saying, I, I've got this thing. Mm-hmm. Trust me, keep an internal focus, and then let's be ready for whatever's next. And so one of the questions I'm asking myself often, and this is what I would love to share with the podcast, let, the, let people just, I want you to pray this prayer or ask this question is, God, what do you need to burn off from me? Because mm-hmm. we always think of the day of the Lord as like burn all the sinners out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like let them all be torched and then let me be the right one so that everyone realizes I'm right. You know, vindicate me, God, fix me. But as I'm reading Daniel's prayer or as I'm reading Zechariah's sermon here or as I'm looking at, you know, the other prophets that we read over the summer or I'm reading the writings right now, you know, and we're working through, there's going to be some individuals that are going to push some buttons. Nehemiah's going to do some weird things. Ezra's going to do some weird things. But I think we should ask the question in those moments, is that really how we should ask, act? And is that how we should be acting? Whereas I would like to take a step back and go, God, burn me, Pr- prepare me. If, if, if I've got yeah, start, chunks. Start here. Yeah, if I've got chunks attached to this statue that you're carving, I, I want them chipped off. I want you to fix me so that whenever the, the dust settles in this whole thing, even if our culture completely collapses and tomorrow is a brand new day where we're going wow, we have no ground whatsoever as, as, as believers on this planet. No one really cares what we have to say or think, which we might be really close to that. Mm-hmm. I would rather be so moved and changed by God that I'm able to be a witness in that moment. Yeah. And not afraid of the consequences, but also able to speak truth in a manner that doesn't blur the lines of what I'm actually saying. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because... You don't have to fear the consequences if you have an e- eternal mindset. Right. right. Because the, the mindset then changes to, yes, there will be temporary consequences here. But comparing that to eternal glory, it's all good. Yep. And that's hard. If you have a mindset that's focused on the now and not the eternal, then, boy, those consequences are way too big because I want to make today okay. And that can't be our mindset. It has to right. be all about eternity. Yeah. No, that's good. So that's the corner I didn't feel like I got a chance to turn in the sermon, and I wanted to make sure that that part got out there. Um, I want my prayer is that Park Hills will have a long-lasting witness in Freeport, Illinois. Part of that is us picking the right fights to fight. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. We're going to make good, you know, as leadership, we are praying. We are asking the Lord to lead us. We are asking his spirit to guide our decision-making. We are hearing from him, not in a weird, like, supernatural. He's, you know, like, stuff's not falling off the ceiling and making shadows or something. But we're we're united as leadership saying, this is, these are the decisions we feel like we're supposed to make. This is where we're supposed to go. This is what we're supposed to do. And we're trusting that and that the Lord's going to use it. Now, the world's going to look at us and think we're, we're nuts or they're going to think we're wrong. And I, I can't even guarantee that we're going to make every decision right or perfect in some ways because, you know, the world that we live in is crazy. But I'm asking that God would just refine us, 
and reform us in such a way that we're ready for whatever comes. Yeah, what a great prayer. Great prayer. All right, folks. So join us in that, if you will. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.